I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. Well, I'm very excited to welcome Marjorie Grice to the podcast today. Marjorie is a fellow nutritional therapist and she works with menopause, menopause nutrition, and has the clinic Nourish Inside Out. So I'm very excited to have Marjorie with me today. She's also involved in the complete autoimmune reset in the Stabilize Week, as hormones is so essential for that as well. So Marjorie, welcome. Hello, it's great to be on your podcast, Victoria, and to catch up with you as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because people might not know that we actually train together. So it's it's great to have you involved and be able to collaborate on something. But what I really like to do at the beginning is just to understand your own personal story, because often I think with nutritionists, we've we've had our own personal journey to get here. So I'd love to hear yours. Yes, absolutely. I mean... There's, there's always a lot to say, isn't there? So, um, yeah, my back in my teens, I was a da- I did dancing actually. So I, was, I suppose that's actually where my interest in health and fitness started in a way, but not always in a good way. I have to say in that world because it's always quite about keeping thin and you know that type of emphasis. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I did contemporary dance just um, as a teen, but I did travel a bit and to the states and did my dancing. Um, and then I went into the spa industry um, sort of in the late 1980s. Um, again, at that decade, it was much more about health and wellness. They offered detoxes and so on. It was, it was healthy eating, but there was that option. And I think a lot of the spa industry has now moved away from that. Again, I got married around that time. And on my honeymoon, I caught a stomach bug, which I didn't realise. Looking back, I realised that was probably the start of my tummy trouble, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I moved farther south, we'd moved farther south by that point. Um, but then we'd moved back to Scotland. And this I started to get IBS, as the do- I was told by the doctor, um, which progressively got worse and worse. Often I thought I was getting another stomach bug. It was just going on and on. And um, by now I had a young family, so that made it challenging. And then finally, it was actually diagnosed as um, ulcerative colitis, which is IBD, which is an autoimmune illness. So yeah. all of that really spurred my interest in, you know, helping myself and looking at diet. And I think anything with the gut, you do get a little bit obsessive about the food you're eating anyway, which can go the wrong way. Um, and back there, I suppose, late 80s, it was a fairly new concept to be looking at gut health. Yeah, I did lots of research. I got to hear about Patrick Colford and Ion <laughs> and my sort of passion, you know, for that and learning more about it really grew. Uh, just a whole interest in functional medicine. Um, and I did work on my health and I, I have been in remission for probably over 20 years now, really, with that. So a big gut health journey and lots to learn. <laughs> learn always yeah. That's amazing that you've it's been so long because um, it can be a very challenging condition, can't it? It can be, yeah. It's not something, yeah, that 
it's pleasant to live with, that's for sure. So fine. So then we moved back to York and I obviously, I, although I was in the beauty industry, I always had a desire to sort of help people at a deeper level. So I trained more within um, body work, massage and actually skin treatments as well. So I set up a business offering that. Now my children are a little bit older. Um, but again, you know, nutrition and lifestyle was part of that picture, really. And I was often talking about that to clients. So again, my interest in that was always still there, but just didn't have the opportunity to study. So finally, <laughs> whilst in perimenopause, I got my opportunity to study. <laughs> and you can see how I chose that as a niche, really, because, you know, there's a lot of pressure, as you know, when you're studying and trying to work time often and that stress is a big factor isn't it in both autoimmune and hormone balance so that plays played a big it was a big role and I think also just the lack of awareness that we see around menopause it's gradually changing but to make people aware not just about menopause and about the facts about it but actually there's so much you can do with your diet and lifestyle to support yourself and I think that gets missed even even with a lot of the celebrities doesn't it yeah it does it's like building the awareness but I often get clients come to me and they have autoimmune symptoms but they're also you know approaching menopause and they're a little bit confused about well is it the hormones or are they my autoimmune symptoms and I know you see that as well because they do often overlap these these symptoms that people are experiencing absolutely the symptoms are very similar if you look at the list that you can find I mean I've got one actually and they are very similar even like hot flushes and I think it's because actually you know we're not as we know, because we do functional medicine, it's looking at the whole body, isn't it? Nothing is really that isolated. It all is all interlinked. Well, let's just first start with, because it's very interesting, actually, that you developed ulcerative colitis. But it's it's amazing that you were able to recover from that. And you mentioned Patrick Holford, who founded the, the, the institute that we studied at. And he is a very inspirational person. So if anybody doesn't know Patrick Holford, definitely look him up. But what changes did you make back then that made a difference to your ulcerative colitis? Could you give us a bit more information so people that don't know what it is? Could you explain a little bit more about that? Okay, well, I think a lot of the time it does get a lot of things with the gut get labelled to IBS, don't they? Irritable bowel syndrome, which actually is really just the name for a collection of symptoms. I mean, it is a diagnosis and obviously we're not doctors, but however, that is how it's how it's decided. Um, but eventually they did explore ulcers in your bowel. It's not very pleasant. Yes, yeah, so lots of toilet <laughs> toilet things that aren't very pleasant going on. And I think from a diet, there was an element of avoiding certain foods for a season. And I think the bit that was missing for me, and I think the, a bit like you, Victoria, the, the focus often on what should I eliminate now and what, what can I eat? Um, and in itself, that can become quite stressful. Yes. Definitely. Getting very hung up on diet and, you know, my background with dancing as well probably didn't help with that. So sort of low fat diets and all of that stuff from the 1980s yeah. <laughs> takes a while to shed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think looking back, I think it is a journey. I think health, isn't it? I'm always careful to tell my clients that it is a journey, not a destination. So we always learn something. We don't always get it right, but we learn something to move forward with. Um, so I think looking back, I think addressing the stress side of it, and I think the approach to gut health has completely changed anyway now. You know, we're not into strict, necessarily very strict diets. It can be small changes, can't it, that can support people. 
yeah it can be kind of overcrowding with the, the with the healthy foods and the the gut restoring foods rather than just thinking about what you need to take out of the diet and I, I, I prefer that approach let's 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 crowd out <laughs> the less helpful foods with all these nutrient dense foods um, and it, it definitely is a journey and I would say I've learned actually over the years how I'm working with clients especially how important it is to have a healthy relationship with food first and foremost before you try any of these different elimination diets especially in the autoimmune community I'm very aware that if somebody for example you know as I said maybe has a history where um they were on a restrictive diet for whatever reason and just making sure that doing elimination type diets is the right approach or if we just focus more on kind of nutrient density but wow it's amazing that you've got to where you have done um, and been 20 years symptom free and I love that that it's a journey because I know if I went and ate lots of junk food for a month I'm going to have an autoimmune flare I'm not cured of autoimmune disease I've just been symptom free but I know you know <laughs> if I go off track in an in a more extreme way then I, I could definitely end up with a flare again. Yeah. Do you feel the same or do you feel that, that 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 part of your history you've kind of moved on from now? I think you have to keep at it. I think you have to keep at it. And I think, you know, and I think stress is a big factor, which I would say I wasn't so aware of um, earlier in my life. And I think once, you know, I hit perimenopause, that has been a something that I've really had to take notice of. I was one of those people that sort of said, oh, meditation and all that relaxation stuff no I don't need that <laughs> but actually you know that's kind of my journey at the moment and obviously supporting my clients around that phase it's so key for bouncing our hormones and also you know because it's just that whole stress response it just causes that whole cascade of hormone imbalance in our body so yeah yeah, so and also I'm delighted that you're doing the Stabilize Week, which is all about this. I mean, it's all about stabilizing blood sugar and stabilizing our hormones. But really, a key piece of that is the stress management side. So, um, yeah, so you are doing um, you you're part of the Complete Autoimmune Reset, which I'm delighted about. And your your real focus is around kind of balancing hormones, but from a stress perspective, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I'm going to, in my session, I mean, there's so much I've been looking at what I'm going to be covering, but there's so much you could cover. It's, <laughs> it's hard to know, isn't it? So I will be doing an overview and explaining why, you know, like we've said today, you know, why there's such a relationship between hormones and autoimmune and it's bi-directional. And a lot of it, you know, they don't know the reason why, do they? The science is still, the research still needs to be done, but there's definitely relationships you know, even with energy, mitochondrial energy, you know, and estrogen metabolites as well, which I'm hoping to cover that, which, you know, to, to explain that, it's mainly how we dispose of our estrogen in our body and how our body breaks estrogen down. So we don't want, obviously, an imbalance of estrogen. So it's not necessarily about having too much. It's the balance in in relation to other hormones. Um, yeah. And that can upset the apple cart, so to speak, and cause a lot of those symptoms that we were talking about. Yeah, because I, I mean, people can be actually estrogen dominant just from the fact that they might, as you said, have an imbalance in another hormone, for example, progesterone, um, or they may have a very estrogenic type of estrogen because estrogen isn't just one thing, is it? And I, I think that's um, when I'm working with clients, I'm sure you're the same. We run like a Dutch panel, so it gives you a good understanding 
of somebody where somebody is at with the different types of estrogen and the estrogen metabolites as you mentioned I don't want to go too complex but um, it's a really interesting area isn't it yeah so will you be covering that in the session yeah I'm gonna gonna cover some of that um like you say not in a because it is a complex area isn't it? it can get quite complex but I think it's good to understand that and I think also because we know that a lot of breast cancers are driven by estrogen metabolites, and there does seem to be that connection um, in relation to autoimmune as well, doesn't it? That the metabolites might be involved there. So I think that is quite an important part. And then the other thing I was hope I'm going to talk about is um, environmental toxins and how that can aggravate estrogen as well, you know, in our environment, in our diet, and so on, and how we can avoid those. So because that plays quite well into the estrogen dominance area. <laughs> Yeah, because it can be these like harm. Well, I, I don't really like saying bad or good or harmful, yeah. but these xenoestrogens, these mm-hmm. pretend estrogens, which we inhale or take in from the environment, from plastics and anything that smells now. I'm like, is it a natural smell or is it a synthetic smell? And if it's synthetic, I I feel really bad that sometimes I go to people's houses and I see like a, a plug in or something, and I'm just like. Um, have you thought about maybe not using that? Uh, and I don't really like to do that, but it is, it's those things that are in our environment every day that can have a big impact, can't they? Like any type of um, toxin or synthetic uh, chemical mm, can really yeah. impact your cellular health, which then impacts your hormone health. Yeah, and obviously, you know, in my, my previous life in, in beauty with skincare products and stuff as well, it's a bit of a minefield, but it is possible to switch over. And I think it is, there's a lot of stuff moving in that direction. So it's becoming more possible to get clean products. I think it's take one thing at a time. If you've been using, and, and how often you're using it as well, if you've been using, if you use the same products every day, it's just worth having a look at the back of that packaging and seeing what's in it. And you can use like the Environmental Working Group's website to check um, the chemicals in some of your products and I would say don't overwhelm yourself take it one step at a time and um, go and kind of check those products and it's always I'm always like start with the thing that you're using the most or is around you the most um, and take that approach would you say would you say the same or absolutely because I think you can easily get overwhelmed with all of this stuff even the environmental you know stuff you can easily get overwhelmed because it's a huge it's huge isn't it you know we haven't figured out a way to overcome it all so you just have to do a step at a time yeah definitely and the things that you're actually on your skin so like shampoo you wash it off so perhaps what you put on your skin is possibly more important than what you wash your hair with so you can make make decisions like that can't you (laughs) yeah and we've mentioned a few times how autoimmune and and hormone balancing is interlinked and I'm sure you've seen it as well, but there's also there's these overlapping symptoms, but it's also people develop autoimmune disease when the hormones are changing. I know when I was going through puberty, that's when I noticed some hair loss. I mean, a little bit before that as well, but I think my hormones were probably changing at that time. So I'm sure that was a factor. Um, people develop autoimmune disease after pregnancies. Um, well, after giving birth. Um, so that's another kind of hormone shift. And then going through the menopause as well. I think you're right. The data is not, not there about why this is happening 100% because certain autoimmune diseases are, are reacting differently to, for example, estrogen. But it mm. is a big factor, isn't it? Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, because although we sort of link it to estrogen dominance, which would probably be more perimenopause when you've got the fluctuations going on, I get a lot of clients that are postmenopause that are still that are having autoimmune diagnosis or 
or yeah. even things of fibromyalgia, you know, different things. Um, and just general aches and pains and not feeling right. So, and then obviously got that drop of estrogen. So it's it's a funny one, isn't it? But there's definitely a relationship going on. It's whether that's a trigger. Um, I think we're just more vulnerable, aren't we, at that age, because you've got all those changes. It's a huge transition. Like you say, it is like adolescence, you know, but we're having to make the transition to, to shutting down that reproductive organs, really. Yeah, so our body has to be able to cope with that. So I guess if it's not equipped, then it's going to struggle. And how can we take, because we know these changes are going to happen, and I think that's that's quite powerful in a way, because you can be proactive. For example, if you do know that other people in your family have autoimmune disease, I think, and I, I do this myself, I know if I'm going through any kind of life-changing event, including hormones or including anything, I need to be proactive with my health at those those moments. And so how, what can people do to, to take that proactive approach when they know that these changes are happening? They might have been, been to the doctors and been told they're in perimenopause now. So what? Yeah, I mean, I think there's even room for starting sooner, isn't there? Because I think the healthier you are, I mean, that's open to interpretation as well. But, you know, the well, most, you know, if you can eat, be eating a healthy diet and managing stress, then that's going to stand you in really good stead for a smooth transition and help you support your body to go through, make the changes that it's got to make. Once you hit, hit uh, menopause, I think it is arming yourself with that information. So it may be from a GP, it may be from the internet, but then also looking at, at you know, not necessarily completely natural approach because I have many clients that are use HRT, but, you know, recognising that food and lifestyle is just so key, you know, it really can. And I think gut health, oddly enough, is quite is quite a key one, isn't it? You know, which, you know, come full circle because gut health is so key for everything. The centre of our immune system really communicates with our brain. You know, it's got all those interactions with our immune system and liver and liver health is very key at menopause because we've got to be detoxifying all the hormones. So, yeah, I think looking after gut health eating a wide variety of foods to support the, the gut microbiota, you know, the rainbow diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's where we um, absorb all our nutrients as well. So if that's out of balance and you could end up with nutrient deficiency and that can then impact hormones and other systems in the body and your cellular health. So yeah, I think that's a really good place to start, isn't it? With your digestive health. Um, but I do also think, and, and you've mentioned this quite a few times throughout this stress management piece and really getting ahead of that and almost being in a routine and having some healthy habits that you're doing every day that can help manage stress. Do you have a few go to that you would ordinarily recommend? I think it's very individual, isn't it? What people embrace. I mean, I, I always liked exercising and I think that was my de-stressor for years. But my exercise, my type of exercise has changed a lot now. It's much more, I do something called Pivolve, which is actually from the States. I do it online. But it's like a good combination of strengthening the muscles. But it is also very deliberate. And I do, and, you, and it's, you know, the mind-body connection. So you're having to think about contracting the muscles, it's static contractions and that, which I think is quite mindful in its own way. So it makes you think about what you're doing. Um, and, you know, exercise you know, it does help to flush out all those stress hormones, doesn't it? And calm us down afterwards. So, yeah, but I think we don't want to be doing anything too aggressive either. So I think it's looking at what's going to suit you at that stage of life. And we talked a little bit previously, haven't we, about the spiritual side, if you want to call it that, or the psychological side. And I'm getting much more, I'm recognising much more how important it is to meditate 
um, and or you know practice mindfulness however you want to translate that but even and again that is a learning curve because we're not going to suddenly be meditating for an hour we have to build it up gradually um, and a good way to do that is deep breathing if I've got clients that have not really embraced that sort of thing before I'll encourage them to do breathing which is incredibly simple but very powerful and you can you can see you can actually feel yourself calming down and slowing down as you do the deep breathing yeah I love that and I think a lot of people start with doing it in the morning and on evening and then I'm like well no do it at intervals during the day as well whether it's between meetings or at lunchtime just even doing you know 10 deep breaths uh, because I know when <laughs> when I was working in London and when I was an accountant, I, I went to do my Pilates training. And uh, the first thing they said to me is that you are shallow breathing. You, you're not taking any oxygen in. And I hadn't really even noticed. And I thought I've probably been doing this for the last 10 years. So that's like, you know, depleting your body of oxygen that it needs for energy and everything else. So I'm sure that, again, that was part of me developing chronic fatigue syndrome and I think deep and anxiety and I think through the deep breathing practices, um, it's really helped me. It's just it's just an easy thing that we can all adapt and all do every day. I mean, the thing I love about all of that world is that now the science is almost catching up. You know, we've known yeah. for a long time that meditation and yoga can support with mental health. But science is, really seems to be catching up with a lot of these things. So we know it's really beneficial, which can help some of us that are maybe a bit more you know, less intuitive naturally and <laughs> like, like to know that it's really helping. <laughs> so where can we, let, let's talk a little bit more about your clinic and where people can find you, because obviously you will be part of the complete autoimmune reset, but you also have your own nutritional therapy practice. So where can people find you if they want to um, hear more from you? Okay, well, as you said, my clinic's called Nourish Inside Out. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn as Marjorie Grice um, as well. Um, and um, yeah, I work from home. I work, mainly work online, but I'm based in New York. So I do see a lot of York people and I do offer face to face. That's somebody's preference as well. So, but main, most of our work's now online, I find. Is it www.nourishinsideout.co.uk? It is. It yeah. is. That's the one. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I've loved this insight. And I do think as... I release more episodes. I'll be certainly focusing on hormones because it is a key piece. And I'm I'm very excited that you're going to be in the session with us in the complete autoimmune reset because there are there is various different contributing factors that I think are part of autoimmune disease. And I think this hormone piece is absolutely vital. Thanks again, Marjorie. Loved having you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Autoimmune Reset. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you liked it, I would hugely appreciate a review on iTunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people. I'm excited to speak to you next time. And remember, you have the power to take the reins on your health. So keep the faith and celebrate the small wins. Until next time.